Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Tea with Louise. Um, this is going to be a series of um, interviews with fellow astrologers that I feel called to uh, talk to, to discuss some very wide ranging and perhaps lesser known um, subject matter. And so my first guest for Tea with Louise is my friend Shelley and team, who I've known for a while on Facebook. And we've talked um, off and on about doing something together. And we knew it had to do with the divine feminine because we've both got a great interest in that. And um, as it turns out, um, the centaur, Shariclo, who was um, Karen's wife, has been speaking to me a lot recently because I've just had my Shariclo return, which we all have around age 62. And it turns out that Shelley has written a chapter in a book that's going to be coming out possibly in the summer. I can't wait to read it. And so I was like, oh, this is it. This is what we're going to talk about. So welcome, Shelley. And please tell us a little bit about yourself. And then we'll talk about Sherry Clay. Well, I'm glad to be your first tea with We both have our tea. We have our tea. I'm a tea lover and I love Louise. She and I have a very similar uh, Sag Gemini point of view. Okay. <laughs> so, of course, um, I well, I've been an astrologer since the middle of the 1970s. And I was already studying when Chiron was you know, discovered. And we didn't really think much of it at first because they didn't know what it was. <laughs> it might just be a ball of ice, you know, why bother with Chiron? Well, we found out, I mean, I think taking Jeff Green's course back in the nineties during my Chiron return was a big departure for me because I understood the evolution of consciousness more. And the factors that are really important in terms of how we look at a chart. You know, uh, you can read a chart on any level of consciousness, and he gave us nine. So, (laughs) um, one. So jealous that you studied with him. Of course, I read. Oh, I was lucky. That was his last school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was an incredible mind, an uh, unbelievable mind, but he was not using centaurs. He was just using the 10 planets. And so was I. And I really, you know, I used Chiron sometimes. Mm-hmm. But in 2017, I went to Lisbon and ostensibly I went <clears throat> just to see Alan Oaken really do spiritual astrology. <laughs> and Melanie Reinhardt was going to be there too. Okay, I have her book, you know. <laughs> And she's the one that got me. I mean, I was there for Melanie and the centaurs. And I even had this disaster experience of falling the first night I was there and sort of standing up from the fall and saying, I'm different. And I didn't know why, but I understood that it was um, a shift and I wasn't injured badly. I had, you know, kind of blanked out. It was just it was like a Hitchcock experience in Lisbon. <laughs> and, um, and there she was throwing a chart up the first day of class and showing the aspects for my fall. Yeah. I mean, not because anybody knew that, yeah. 
But because in the sky, Mars had made an exact opposition to Chiron and Pisces, and it was squaring another, and Saturn was transiting in Sag. Wow. Well, Saturn was exactly conjunct my sun and Mercury. So there would have been enough, you know, Mars square Saturn bruising, and I had very deep bone bruises, but I didn't break anything. Um, And then there's this other figure, this like, what is this? And so she introduced me to Follis. And one of the pieces that she said about Follis, who was a diviner of entrails, meant that you needed to listen to the message from your gut wisdom. And that rang like, you know, because I had not slept for, you know, over 24 hours. I had just arrived in a place that was hot. I I should have just gone to bed and slept, but I had made a plan to meet with this couple from America and have dinner and I was being very Virgo rising was my also is my ascendant. I didn't want to disappoint them. So I was listening. My body was saying, have water, eat nuts, go to sleep. But you didn't know. So that's, you know, that's how they get me. My guides, you know, if they got to get me, they've got to make something happen. So you say it was Folus was conjunct Saturn? Pholus was exactly conjunct Saturn and the sun at that time. And so it was part of the T-square. So I have to say, when I invited Shelley on this, the very day, I had just listened to an astrology podcast interview with Melanie Reinhardt. And and it's from a couple of years ago, so it's not new. I I just decided I needed to listen to it. And um, I looked at my own chart and added Pholus. (laughs) And to the minute Follis was conjunct my first house Saturn in um, in Capricorn on that very moment I listened. So Follis oh, obviously kind of is connected with Saturn, and Saturn is connected in many ways, I think, to this, right? <laughs> well, really, one of the things Melanie you heard in that interview, and one of the things Melanie emphasized to us in class was you don't always read the centaurs. You know, you'll have a client and there won't be anything really happening that calls for the centaurs to be read. But then there are these moments when they are online, as she would call it. And it is, that's the case. Um, You do have the centaurs come rushing in like the rowdy biker boys is what I describe them. And, you know, you've got your solar hero that is busy picking them off, you know, with his uh, Hercules or Heracles with his arrows. Um, But to me, they represent ego constructs that we have going at them and wanting to shake us into awareness or move us into a new identity space. And so, of course, we resist. Mm-hmm. We shoot the messengers that are trying to tell us what we need to do to evolve. Yeah. And um, a solar hero, Leo, you know, doesn't want to give up that position. But when they're there, boy, they are 
they're happening. Oh, they really are. So just one, one question before you carry on, because we will focus mainly on Chirai Clay, but uh -huh. I need to bring the others in. Let's just talk a little bit about the, the orbits of, of the centaurs, because I think it's really important. Um, I've not really looked at all of them. You've probably looked at them in greater detail because you've been um, looking at them longer than me. But they're between Saturn and Uranus, right? Maybe, yeah. Well, she and she and Chiron are. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Those just those two, but they both cross the orbit of Saturn. Don't they? On a she, she she doesn't cross it as much. You know, like she's she's a little bit more. She's big and she's got a ring system. Okay. Okay. Um. You know, you kind of wonder about her in a way. So, so her orbit, so probably that's a planet, yeah. But her orbit's more um, even than than his, right? Yes. Her husband's, Chiron and Shariklo, they were husband and wife in the middle. Yes, that's so, right. But I, I vaguely remember Melanie saying in that interview that um, Chiron crossed the orbit of Saturn around the time Shariklo was discovered. Huh. That's and, interesting. And he crossed the orbit at six Leo. Ah. And, I've, and I've not had time to to investigate that yet. So we'll uh -huh. leave that we'll leave that little nugget out there. Yeah, well, that's really, you know, those are the things. I'm more I'm in tune with the psychology and I you am. know and the mundane effects. And she does go, yeah. there is a lot to see about the orbits. I mean, I sometimes wonder about Pluto. Because Pluto comes in, a, in an ellipse and he actually goes beyond Neptune. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, hmm. Yeah, me too. Who but is he? That, it, I, I didn't catch the date. And I think like a typical Melanie term um, way, because she, she works very um, spiritually with them too. She mm -hmm. kind of said, I think it was around this date. So I missed the date. <laughs> I've got to listen to the whole podcast again. Well, yeah, you you kind of, there's so much information on that, you know, that kind of information. But, um, you know, I I just found that I understand why Sharik Glow grabbed me. Yeah. Because she was busy telling us about the other centaurs and then she mentions you know Shariklo Chiron's wife and I'm like Chiron I mean these yeah. centaurs but she was a water nymph yes and so that's and, and I just felt like there just wasn't enough said about her well, there's hardly anything written in myth right yeah it was just you know and I was in the mode of thinking about her a lot you know even after I came back and I was emailing with Melanie a lot and I thought about the fact that in the myths she does not literally shapeshift right but I thought that she shapeshifted to be his wife yeah and now she has shapeshifted to be a centaur because she's called a centaur which is kind of that the, the nymphs and centaurs kind of mingled because um, Chiron's mother was a, a nymph so you know there's this kind of this correlation between the two anyway one of the interesting things about well Melanie really got me more clear about mythology mm -hmm. 
um, in general, because when I took it in college, it was, I just thought these are all crazy people. These guys and guys. I know. Well, they sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But she made me understand that, you know, walking into this room, you're looking at a deep psychological truth about us. Exactly. And so then it was a completely different experience for me. But I always find it interesting that they make a water nymph look like a human female. Yes. You know, the gods and goddesses have to look like humans. But, you know, maybe she, you know, maybe she didn't look like that. Or maybe she was just a psychological representation exactly created by by humans but anyway whatever it still has great meaning so if it's all right with you Shelley I'd love to put her discovery chart up and let you talk about her for a little bit because her discovery chart is the most beautiful chart I've ever seen in in the world (laughs) Uh, if you add that blue line there it's like this perfect uh, hexagon right and um Anyway, I'll let you talk about her. No, I mean, I think, um, you know, you've got a lot of, uh, you've got like a star of David, you've got a mystic rectangle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's not the most common thing to see. No, you know, it really is not, no. And, uh, and, and she was discovered at 6 Leo um, in February, on February 15th, 1997, uh, which uh, we'll probably talk about because that's the north node of the usa but it's yeah. all, these, all these planets lined up um, um or planetary bodies and you know the moon's at eight sure but it could have been you know a little bit earlier so it could have been well what's interesting to me looking at that moon at eight is that i wrote a chapter about her my midheaven is about eight gemini and you're interviewing me about her. <laughs> oh, so. yeah. So I am actually just going to add that last line in. And then I'd just love you to talk a little bit about what uh, what she represents in astrology so that people can get a real feel. Well, as I've come to understand her, I'll, I will put it that way, because, I mean, I think we may be evolving a little bit more in our understanding about what she really means when when we have that list that I sent you of her qualities mm-hmm. you know to me um, in a lot of ways her qualities are all the qualities of the priestess and she was friends with Athena so she was like the priestess to the goddess yeah. of wisdom and so she has a kind of a really elevated status, in my opinion, in terms of her ability to hold the space for other people to transform when they need to transform, to, to be there, as, as it says, the midwife for birth and the midwife for death. And I thought that was so fascinating because... Um, as I mentioned, I think to you in, in an email that she was in the sign of cancer, the mother in birth, mm. 
when the experience of people becoming birth doulas and the big midwife movement came in in that time period at the same time she has recently been in capricorn and it's there they're there for pretty long times you know retrograding like other things do and that was when the death doula certificates started being given and and i actually you know, I actually did some, I'm, I've trained shamanically as well. Oh. I actually was the death doula for my neighbor while she was in Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so she, to me, is almost like we don't have an astrology because it's patriarchal, as you and I both have noticed. <laughs> um we didn't have a planet that actually represented quote the goddess unquote and to me personally she does and and And, i would agree with how it's been feeling for me on my uh shari clover turn but i think it's more the kind of wise elder goddess it's yes yeah because i think she came to me on my shari clover turn at 62 you know and it's when we're stepping into that yeah crone wisdom elder kind of yeah yes and she also you know was a mother and okiro um is her daughter who's a prophetess right you know i did not know (laughs) so and she was one of her myths was that she had a school she took the unwanted unusual and strange children like her husband had been Chiron had been rejected by his mother mm-hmm. for being half horse and half man yeah. and so she had this um this compassion wow. to have the children be accepted somewhere and to nurture them and teach them so she, you know, it's like the heart that you keep feeling her heart in some way. Because, and I think when we look at the charts, well, we know that Shariklo is exactly between Saturn and Pluto for the Saturn-Pluto conjunction yes. in Capricorn. Yeah. And so she has been the part of the consciousness of women rising up to claim their own authority, Capricorn. And not just as authority in the outer world, like being more like men in in patriarchy, but claiming their own divinity in the feminine side of things. So I do see her very much that way. And so, um, you know, a lot of uh, ideas about uh, holding the space for magic. So we talk about magic or what do we really mean? You know, um, but I think that, you know, we just had a little chat before and you said, let's hold the vision. Yeah. And I think that that is the magic of knowing that our vision is that strong, that something can be created, you know, for better or worse. So could I tell you just quickly how she's kind of spoken to me a bit? I agree with yes, you. I, I absolutely. My mind works in visuals um, yeah. <laughs> a lot, and her name literally means grace spinner, right? In 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 Greek, 
and yes i see her with all these kind of uh you know gods goddesses whatever children sitting around her and i see her weaving and spinning a new story i can see her i love that i see her pulling Um, all the threads together uh, but as she as she as she sits there with them all around her she's telling stories like the old oral traditions you know so that kind of fits with what you're saying that's that's lovely what a lovely visualization for that Um, because one of the things you find that is she is going to bring this quality but she's she it it doesn't matter what it is that you are needing to transform yeah um she's not like sitting in judgment or telling you what to do no no exactly and you know in my own chart um she is in Sagittarius conjunct Chiron and she's also in my third house so again it's interesting that I'm writing about her but for me um, there was a need to transform spiritual belief Mm -hmm. you know I mean I was born into a family that had three major religions in it living in a house together So obviously I came in with a need to be more expanded Mm -hmm. in my views. And so she wasn't sort of saying anything about it, but she was there. And then the other thing was that I was able to speak foreign languages without an accent, which I didn't realize, but I had a French French boyfriend and I would say something in French and he would say, oh, but that is amazing. You have no accent. And I, I didn't really understand what he meant, but he was speaking English with a French accent. Yes. Yes. But I'm sitting there like kind of clueless about it. So that's what I mean. You know, you're not necessarily getting a directive. Right. She was expanding my experience of the foreign cultures. Mm-hmm. So that I would be, I must have needed this in my own evolution as a soul. Again, to be more embracing. To be able to hear the sounds. And my own um, uh, Charito and Chiron are both in Aquarius. So yours are both in Sagittarius. So for, for any listeners, that's in sextile to each other. So... They kind of speak to each other, those energies, and the fire and air kind of explodes the creativity. So maybe that's why we were meant to speak about this together. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just, I saw her as being, um, the chapter is titled The Capacity for Transformation. Yeah. Yeah, that and is. that's, I see her as the, the gentle, loving mother in that. Whereas some of the other, the centaur biker boys come in and like give you the rough treatment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We were just talking about that just before we started. So we're, we're only really going to talk about the four main centaurs, right? So a little bit, but mainly about Charito. But uh, Chiron is more of a shaman kind of thing. He's not so much a biker boy, but um, to me, he's he's almost like the true Christ consciousness. 
Mm. Um, the key to the key to healing that we often ignore (laughs) we often ignore that we talk about the wound yes yeah but we ignore the fact that he was a great healer and teacher himself and folus is uh his little phrase from melanie is take the lid off so he kind of really takes the lid off a bit like pandora's box and (laughs) and nessus is the book stops here so they're kind of a bit more um a little bit harsher lessons right (laughs) well with folus he was the keeper of the sacred wine that wasn't supposed to be open so the sacred wine a lot of the work of the centaurs has also got to do with ancestral so we all come in with all this ancestral information in our bones, you know. Wow. And one of the things that we're busy doing now that the centaurs are becoming part of our language of astrology is we are working on ancestral clearing. You hear this a lot now, yeah. you know, because we are run uh, by patterns that are unconscious. So the what happens is um, he Folus gets <laughs> talked into. <laughs> so this is another thing that talked into something um, by Hercules uh, that well don't you think that I'm the one that they were waiting for? Isn't it me? I'm supposed to be the one that gets the wine. But when he takes the lid off, that's when I, the rowdy biker boys who have no name, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> just come, they love wine. <laughs> they smell it. They were generally a very base lot. These four are a bit more higher consciousness, right? <laughs> so then the lid comes off. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen when the lid comes off. It's not going to look so good. And, you know, we were speaking a little bit about current events Mm -hmm. and you were talking about the perfect storm that was taking place in a certain part of the world. And this is a typical kind of a foulest experience, Mm -hmm. you know, because you, you know, you're, you're looking at ancestral beliefs in that region. And long, uh, you know, there's for anybody who's interested, you know, there's Vladimir looking to Vladimir the Great, um, who kind of founded Kiev. And but then, um, uh, there was a post I shared by an uh, anthropologist on Facebook the other day about this um, cradle of Europe that was in Western Ukraine like 7,000 mm-hmm. years ago. Fabulous. This civilization that, um, you know, was very um, what we would aim for, really, apparently. All the archaeology shows that it was a very peaceful, very egalitarian kind of society. Um, Not really matriarchal, but priestesses were kind of the the key to it. And, um, And it was destroyed by marauders, you know coming from Russia and places. So we're playing out all that ancient stuff again. So anyway, <laughs> from thousands. But of now we're playing it with the lid coming off on it. Yes. And the world is looking yeah. at it yeah. and being um, negative about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of shame being dumped on. Now, it's not like other countries aren't fighting in different areas that are 
also, you know, getting hurt, civilians getting hurt. And, you know, this has caught us. And I think it caught us, A, because a a country with nuclear capability is involved. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I think, because of what you just said. It's activated this old ancient, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, as you said, you know, well, you didn't care about these other wars. And I think everybody did care, but this one has activated this. Different. This ancestral kind of pain, whatever, patterns in all of us collectively. So, and to look at the transits now, you know, on onto that, I think this tra- this um, discovery chart is is really hugely important because, you know, she had all of this Aquarius energy um, as as she was discovered. Um, mm-hmm. Let me clear that line. Um, Pluto is on the Neptune in her discovery chart uh, right now, transiting Pluto. Um, she's um, at the opposition point to her discovery point, Sherikla. Um, Vesta, <laughs> another important priestess energy, is uh, transiting her the opposite point of her discovery. She's having her opposition, and and Ceres is um, also uh, was opposing um, Sherikla in the discovery chart at six degrees, along with you know so much else Aquarius. It's it's like she's being activated as as saying you know I'm gonna hold this space for you, mm-hmm. um, so that you can kind of create, heal these ancestral kind of mm-hmm. energies in all of us. You know we all know it's as without so within and it's as within so without. Um, would you agree that this this is like crucial? You know to her coming in and her being activated 25 years later is is kind of a crucial point yes the opposition it's the fruition yeah it, it, so she is you know it's the high point of her visibility right now so that's you know here she comes and um i love that she's there with series uh-huh and uranus and and Jupiter, because it seems to me that this is what we're trying to develop yes. the awareness, um, the detached observational awareness of, you know, what's really happening energetically and things like that. So, you know, I think it's wonderful to see her. She's, she's also, I'm just noticing that um, at this point, she's coming up to square Juno. Oh, yes. So um, I know that uh, the the women's rights, you know, she was square also, um, very important player Mm -hmm. in enlightening us. Yes, it's quite fascinating. And as we mentioned, you know, I think just before we started, Aquarius could go either way. It's, uh, you know, it's got the twin rulers of Saturn and Uranus and we Mm -hmm. In in twenty twenty one, we had the three exact Saturn Uranus squares, which is going to close get close again later this year. And and Uranus right now is on Sedna in her chart, 
says awakening spiritual destiny through crisis this i think her discovery chart and the aspects to it that are being activated on yeah. on her um full moon if you like because <laughs> she's having her opposition are really important to our collective consciousness evolution psychologically so and while you were saying that and about because i'm seeing this so thank you for putting this up um i i also see now why this is the one this particular event in the world is the one that's calling us to evolve because it is about freedom freedom of a nation the other other wars we have some kind of a reason supposed reason to go in and you know somebody needs to be saved yes yeah or something but this one wasn't like that at all this one was just like excuse me i want to take you back into my pocket you know and these people have so this is why it this is the aquarian war it is and it's in that place oh, that's from 7,000 years ago that was marauded then. I've got to look more into that energy back then. Oh, so fascinating. Isn't it? It's, yeah. it's just amazing. And to go just quickly to her discovery chart alone again, you know, I, as you said, you know, it's got Jupiter and Uranus there. Which we just had recently, right? Yes, exactly. And we've got Jupiter going to come up to Uranus again. Fairly soon, Mm. you know. And she has Nessus rising in Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And Nessus being, the buck stops here because he was the centaur who managed to kill off Hercules. Right. Not, Not directly. Um, you know, because he was being killed by Hercules, he managed to find a way to stop him. So there it is. And in this, in the beliefs. And the December the 4th eclipse was at 12 Sagittarius, right? Uh, the new moon eclipse, solar eclipse. Whoa. And, and it probably speaks to you and I because of our Sagittarius energy. That's right on my Jupiter and Pallas Athena. Oh, Okay, (laughs) so there's a reason that we're connecting to this, as we know, if you're into astrology, that's one of the great joys of it. There's always something that'll show us. But then, you know, um, Shelley has an interest in eclipses as well, and she just did a talk on eclipses. Mm -hmm. But so she will agree that, you know, solar eclipses often activate new things and in Sagittarius, this is about belief systems and things. This is, you know, <laughs> right? And belief systems, really, as well. So, yeah. so we're having some. Also, we're having some fixed sign. Yeah. Um, eclipses. Yeah. Um, first yeah. one is ten Taurus, and so that will be activating some of that Aquarius energy. Yep. For her and close to Sedna, right? And we actually have an eclipse at two Scorpio, which is where Chiron. That is the one in the fall, exactly. Yes, two Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, and of course, that will square uh, by three degrees, or 
all of this stuff here and by her discovery point so Mm -hmm. I just think it's her she's she's kind of shouting at us in a very very graceful way yes (laughs) (laughs) I think she is and um, it's very interesting to imagine what kind of transformations are going to occur yeah and as she is in going through Aquarius yeah or she you know there are things that we wouldn't imagine yeah that would happen I mean in, in Capricorn not only was she involved in the the death doula but the whole idea of anti-aging mm. came up in a more you know uh personal way for people and also the skeletal look yeah you know? of course and that's capricorn the bone skeleton you know yeah. so it, it's very possible also that with the shiriklo energy going through uh, aquarius we're going to see a lot of again this idea of female demanding equality mm-hmm. and freedom Um, But also, you know, how many people have um, completely abandoned the normal gender designations that the ancestors have, you know, it's, um, it's a brave new world of gender identity, right? It really is. And and conversely, to show the duality of Aquarius, the people who are Uh, rejecting that and fighting against it well absolutely i mean there are lots of arrows coming at any kind of change also um which i'm not particularly fond of or in favor of um the idea of putting uh chips into people Mm -hmm. oh that's but it's very aquarian so just to speak to the astrology yeah yeah and and the talk of the transhuman agenda and yeah Exactly, and so artificial yet, intelligence. Neither of us are promoting this. It's just witnessing. <laughs> it's just what is. <laughs> there, there's stuff you can. Any sign, any planet, you know, you can go from a po- way positive all the way to the middle, and all the way to the way negative, and, because and, we're in a dualistic uh, reality. AI as well. Yes, and Starlink. That's been happening since she's been in Aquarius. Yes. And of course, there are other factors too. We had the great conjunction at zero Aquarius and uh, really starting 200 years of, of, of air yes. um, energy coming out of 200 years of Earth. But so this is, she's not working alone, but she's definitely involved in all of this. Um, you know, so this is the thing is like, where do you see her? Well, you do see her in the consensus beliefs about you know, what's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When she was in cancer, that was also uh, when, that was the first thing I was looking at her in terms of consensus reality and women thinking they should have certain things to be accepted, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was when the, the practice of breast augmentation that wasn't necessary because of surgery, it was purely cosmetic. That's when it started. And, and she, she was in cancer. And then she was in, in the 90, late 90s, in Leo. And, um, yeah, that was an important year for me, 97, her discovery year. So I've got a, a lot of memories of that. But that was um, women 
starting to come into leadership roles and even to speak of the royal family mm -hmm. after diana's death which was 1997 um mm -hmm. the royals changed it the the line of succession so um women were in the line of succession for the first time in you know many many <laughs> decades centuries whatever um so you know if an a, if a daughter was born first she would be queen and she wouldn't be overtaken by a male and that's big people don't might not realize how big that is and that was when she was in leah so yes. the sign of royalty so you know i can see now how she's and on the more mundane level people were doing the hair extensions yes you know that became like you know yeah big big yeah. oh yeah they were yeah <laughs> it was like... so it's it sort of it, you know the trends yeah. trends right so it's interesting to follow her on both on any level yeah. she will be operating so so would you have anything else to say about the other um signs that you've looked at as she's moved through so we had cancer kind of the birth doula leo uh, royalty and uh, and Harry. one of the things that i will say and i don't want to say too much about the chapter because i want people to be excited and interested and want to read it so don't give too much no but just is um that i did look at her presence during the women's movements right okay all the way back in the 1800s mm -hmm. and the, the famous 60s okay and the leaders of that movement in the 60s and um, very much present um, the signs that she was in, which were interesting. Um, it might start in Capricorn, move through Aquarius. I mean, we're in it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it went into Pisces and into Aries finally. And then something would sort of, there would be like sort of a peak, you know, Taurus. It would come to a Taurus level. So this has happened in several waves of women's movement. So and so we're seeing her now having come out of Capricorn. So just to whet people's appetite, you, you talk about this in your chapter in the book. Do you yes. Know? Yes. Yeah. And so the charts, I, there are charts for this um, also. I will, by incidentally, to those listening, put a link to the publisher's um, website in, in the show notes so that you could sign up for emails so you know when that book is, um, is released. I'm yeah. very excited about it. I can't wait to read it. Um, and we're excited because Melanie is contributing also. <laughs> Yeah, and some and some fabulous other astrologers. So, um, yes, yeah. So, but Melanie has has been working with these first. Yeah, so she's giving. You know, it's like having, you know, it's like getting permission from the <laughs> the authority. She's almost Sharaclo in in this book, really. She's kind of she, the, the you know she has. The, the, if I'm not mistaken, it's rising. I think it's in her first house. Oh, really? Wow. I think so, as I recall. But she didn't. She's one of the few astrologers that I've studied with that didn't use their chart a lot. Right. OK. Yeah. A lot of them do that, I noticed. But yeah. she was not one. Yeah. But yeah, but um, it's it is exciting to be able to 
to make a contribution because because she's the one who told me to write an article way back I mean, years ago <laughs> because of my interest in what we came up with mm-hmm. um, in terms of her being there for, for a major transformation, being in the chart of someone who was going to have a major identity change. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel I, I've had that, to be honest, with my um, Sharon Clare return. I really mm-hmm. feel like it's, I feel very different. It's changed me. But it's in, in ways that's only just emerging. Mm-hmm. Because to, to look at the current chart now, she's now at seven degrees, but she goes retrograde a lot and back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and my uh, Sherry Clare is at three degrees. So um, so all of this is really kind of <laughs> activating Definitely. mine. Definitely. So uh, are you willing to look at a couple of... Um, yes, let's go. Let's start with the USA chart because I have my theories about this and I'm using the sibling chart and I know not all astrologers agree on the chart, but Sherry Clow would be at the same um, degree. Now, interestingly, in the USA sibling chart, let's look at um, just the chart alone. Uh, Sherry Clow, uh, sorry, uh, the discovery of um, Sherry Clow in 1997 was on the uh, Leo North Node of the USA. So that's clearly activating something in our karmic potential and um, and our future. And right now she is on the South Node of the USA chart. And in the USA chart, Folus, take the lid off it, is conjunct the South Node of the USA chart. I only realized that this morning. I was like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and, and we are at a crisis yeah of you know are we going to remain a democratic republic yeah or are we going into the autocracy yeah totally we we just had somebody questioning a judge for the supreme court about her faith yeah i mean excuse me i know uh we have separation of church and state and and he kept kept going on about it It's really a crisis for us now. And, you know, and that is also interesting to me because the moon at eight Gemini of her discovery chart is also. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Let's put the discovery chart on the ruler. You know, I mean, it's just. Let's put the discovery chart there. Wow. Look at that. A direct hit. The moon is right on Uranus. Um, Nessus is right on the ascendant, taking the lid off it. <laughs> well, this is this is the buck stops here, isn't it? This is the buck stopping. So, and I've talked about this a little bit with my I have a membership community, but I think it's important to put it out in the world. Yeah. You know, I know this is. Um, you know, I think there was a comment in a big discussion in a an astrology group we're in about this and um you know there was a, a like why 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 is it being looked at as a war between russia and the usa well i think our response to this big uh to the invasion in ukraine is important because we kind of have been the world power you know, for quite some time or at least seen ourselves as the world power 
and in some ways have been bullies, you know, and <laughs> and this is a really kind of karmic kind of reckoning about our response, our letting go of our south node response, because the south node psychologically really is um, is our emotional response to uh, to stimuli and previously it's been to kind of go in and tell people what to do in many ways mm -hmm. not that you know i um, i i want usa to remain a democracy and right. you know I, I would like it to the usa to i love the usa i want it to live up to its promise of its um founding which is what we're looking at here yes i agree with you yeah which we've kind of lost to some extent and and it's being played out in the crisis here and in ukraine yeah, we are. We we had that crisis start yeah. with an eclipse. Also, it got augmented by the August 2017 eclipse that split the country in half in Leo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not at the degree, but up there. Yeah, on, on Black Moon, Lilith of the USA. Yeah. So, <laughs> and look at look at Folis is on Saturn. In Libra, yeah. Um, for her discovery chart to the U.S. Saturn, yes, it is. Is is yes. also what we're we're looking at right now. Um, the issue again about the law, yes, and the, you know the higher level law, the Supreme Court, yeah. And what's happening? Is it really justices that are serving justice, or are they serving? certain principles that are being well, it's accepted by a majority it's become very partisan here yeah so she's uh this is you know taking the lid off that and that's in the 10th house i think you know yes personally I, cool. personally I think the recent events in the usa chart kind of proved the sibley chart to at least be active even if it's not because we had right. that, that yeah. eclipse that i mentioned um, yeah December the 4th was right on the ascendant. Polis is there. Um, yeah. And her, her, her north node jump from midheaven. So uh -huh. just out of sign. But um, And her sun is conjunct the moon of yeah. the US. Oh, my goodness. So her sun is conjunct the moon. And the moon, as I was taught, are the people. Yes. The country. In mundane. Yeah. Astrology. Yeah. Yeah. Is the, the so uh, so back in 1997 really this was all this was activated on her discovery and and really you know i'm i'm not from the usa clearly i'm now a u.s citizen um but um you know i think there was something activated in 97 here that has kind of led to this and i know that you know our the partisan split has become greater since since that period um um and so on and so forth i'm not going to go deeply into that but um and now it's reached this crisis point so. well as i recall in 97 clinton i believe was the president right. and i don't know when he was being um tried for you know the crime of monica Lewinsky <laughs> impeaching him yeah. i don't know if it was 97 but it could have been around that time yeah. 
and then of course the the North Node in Leo could be like who who rules kind of thing. Who's <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, oh my goodness. In the house in the eighth house. Yeah. Who has power? <laughs> so yeah, no, very interesting connect to, to see how I mean, until you showed me this this morning, I'd never looked at that. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're more interested in the personal charts. But... Well, I mean, I, I looked at other things, but I never looked at the U.S. chart. I, I just find it fascinating that this is so incredibly, this is like a sinistry, relationship sinistry chart. It, it, it really is. And this moon, moon being the people, again, in, in the Karaiko discovery chart, being in Gemini, which is the sign of the twins, and we've seen the partisan split and the twin towers going down and in this period since the 25th yes, that's um, true and with uranus there which is kind of um, uh, awakening but also um, always pleasant awakenings so. right. surprise <laughs> well, i'm sure there's i'm sure there's way more to unpack about that but um i think it's I hadn't even noticed the sun on that because um, I've only recently started looking at this. So both right. things in this that uh, are very... Well, cool. you know, I find that happens with me a lot also. You know, like I'll be focused on something. I get excited about that thing. And then I... You don't like, see the other bits. Yeah. 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 So looking at these eclipses, are there, are there any more? That two Scorpio one, I think, is going to be um, on October the 25th, which is a solar new moon eclipse, by the way, people. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, the good news is uh, for the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> is that the solar eclipses are not visible. No. Over the United States. But the bad oh, news for Antarctica yes. is that they're both there. Yeah. And South America south south america and we've just had terrible news about global warming from both yes and that is and the ice shelf that yeah well see that's one of the things that the uranus um energy going through taurus has been you know like really trying to get us to get it but i think it was around the same day that ukraine was invaded that the latest report on the climate was given to the UN. So people aren't talking. It was like, it was completely sub rosa. It was like not seen. I mean, I happened to see that it was happening and I read some of it. It was really disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the eclipse on April 30th at 10 Taurus is conjunct Uranus. It is. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we have to, again, you know, I had to fall to get it. Um, maybe something will happen and people will start to realize. And I just noticed that um, Sedna is at 13 Taurus in um, the Cherokee Discovery. Mm-hmm. She is, she's one of the newly discovered uh, dwarf planets. Um, she, mm-hmm. her, her cycle is about 11,400 years-ish. We're not exactly sure, which takes us to the end of the Great Ice Ages. Um, so she's been very connected to um, climate change, um, I think, Sedna, goddess of the oceans. Ocean. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. But she's at 13 Taurus. So, uh, you know, Uranus by transit is, is 
hovering over her um, yes sedna as well so and the oceans and 13 taurus i would have to look it up again but i believe is the chart is um the point of the chart of pluto in either um the jamestown slavery chart or the juneteenth chart 13 taurus is very connected with racial relations as well in the mm. so all of these things are coming to <laughs> yeah yeah well sedna's mythology was being she was tricked yes she was to tricked. marrying something and yeah you know it wasn't a human <laughs> Many women can relate to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said he had a castle and he has a nest on a deserted island. Yeah, so there's there's more to unpack with that, you know. She was she was and you so you can look at it as, you know, the victim also because she she's uh she tries to get her father to take her home or something and he like knocks her out of the boat and she drowns, you know. She her fingers off. Yes, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. Well, she couldn't swim because her fingers were off. So she's right. Like, she was, it was really bad. Oh, it was, it's gruesome. Go and read Sedna's myth. Very gruesome. Um, so, yeah. Alan Clay, um, who has done a lot of, um, he's written a book on Sedna, incidentally. He, mm. he described her as spiritual destiny through crisis. So, you know, she's showing mm. up there again. And it might not show on the USA's chart exactly except that this 13 degree mark is sextile the sun of the usa and um i, I i'm not going to get the charts up but i i know in I've, conjunct saturn yeah of course yeah so you know shariclo's discovery is definitely um i look you know to go back to all your descriptions of her <laughs> i think she is kind of holding space for the usa to become what it promised to be and what it's not i think that's a wonderful thought to have yeah because it's really there yeah and and when she fell into the ocean um not shariko but sedna she became the like the queen she was taken in by the creatures of the ocean so she's a defender yeah of the sea of water, the oceans, ice, all those kind of things. She's an Inuit goddess, so right. that's very much connected with, you know, it's ice. And, um, all of, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. She, But like all, a lot of these goddesses, if she wasn't honoured, she was a destroyer goddess. So she took away their the Inuit's food if they weren't, you know, the, their, right. their catch from the oceans was... Right spared it was bare if she didn't wasn't honored so you know in taurus she's saying character is saying honor the earth you know we've got to look after this earth and there's so much to unpack there with Shericlo. really so it's it, you know so i mean i'm sure that people are going to start to notice her <laughs> I, I hope so i kind of i kind of feel a bit like Cassandra when because uh, as Shelley knows I do astrology posts every day on my Facebook and um, and Instagram and I'm constantly saying we are being told we, you know, we are being told that we have to live very differently 
and we have to remember that everything's connected and including the earth and humans and animals and people and everything so you know it's like I, I know. I, I've said that about myself too. What a surprise, Louise. Cassandra complex. Yes. With, with, with Saturn. I mean, I'm sorry, with uh, Chiron and and Shariko and Sag in my third house. And mine in Aquarius. Yeah. With you know, yeah. It's like, yeah. listen. <laughs> Why don't they want to listen to me? <laughs> Do you think, have you got time to just look at a couple of other charts? Yeah. Should we do like a person now or yeah. do you want to stay mundane? No, let's look at people. So let's have a, you, you've studied Michael Jackson. So let's look at him and the, the centaurs in him. And if we've got time, I'd love to quickly look at a couple of the charts. Yes. Um, I'll just do a very brief Michael Jackson and, then, you know, just to show the, the high point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'll let you talk about this one. So Michael Jackson, as most people know, is the performer who changed his appearance dramatically over the course of his life. And there were several reasons for that. And and I have charts for all the major times of these things happening. So you can see that she was active even, you know, by uh, her position where she was at the time, her transit in all of them, (laughs) including his death. She was a midwife during his death. So, but what first struck me was, you know, transforming to please some others or to get as more out of something, let's say. So when you look at Michael Jackson, he has Shariklo in Capricorn, which is bone and skin. And it is exactly square um, his sedna but also square his south node in Aries which is the head and the face but also the I am and in the second house of his body and then also he has the north node in Libra with the values of others house Um, so he was looking with Jupiter yes he was looking to be more beautiful. Yeah. But and in, the first thing he did was change the structure of his nose. But in the eighth house, interestingly, that he wasn't trying to look more Caucasian. So Yes, he was he was going to alter his appearance. So that was this the rest of it is um the actual different times and you know when he gets vitiligo and what happens then and it's all active until you know we have a total transformation of him um it was funny because i was watching a show on pbs and they were going to towns where people were doing strange things for work and stuff and they had they went to an all velvet um store black velvet paintings and one of the p- people that this guy did famous people like elvis and stuff was michael jackson mm. and there were four paintings and one of him before his first transformation and then the one at the very end yeah and you would not have picked him out of a school photo yeah. let's just put it that way <laughs> uh, he, he's only a year older than me that's the thing 
So, you know, I, I grew up with him. So I remember his transformation. So yes. I remember and, and, you know, watching the Jackson five when I was a kid, when he was a little kid. Right. And, and Sharik Lowe being in the house of his hopes and goals yeah. for his future and what groups of people that he might want to be around. So, you know, there she is. And interestingly, interestingly in the usual, you cannot make this stuff up thing. Pluto is right on his Shariko. You know, and, and the thing is that, you know, originally my thought was, my first thought was, you know, women shape-shifting to please a man. Yeah. And, you know, that was an exciting concept because it definitely happens. Oh, it does. And, you know, then I said to myself, but she's, you know, she's got to work for men also if it's there and it has a quality. And so I went back and this was when Melanie and I were emailing like crazy. And I went back to her and I said, it has to be a man. And she's the one who actually came up with Michael Jackson. She thought of that. And she gave me the chart. And it was like, bingo, she said. (laughs) How how interesting as well, though, that his uh, Sherico is on the Pluto of the USA and forming that T-square. And that he was trying to fit in as a black man in in the USA. Just That's right. It's on the Pluto. Kind of. <laughs> yes. Interesting. And is the Saturn conjunct the Sibley ascendant also? Uh, it's very close. It's close. 12 Aquarius is. 12. Okay. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. Isn't it? Yes, he also has, you know, there's many other things, you know, he's got a Mars Nessus conjunction and Taurus and stuff. But, you know, I was just looking at Shariklo for it, except. And, and there's always more we can see, you know. It's always. Like, there's it's like you missed anything here because every astrologer will go ping. There's another thing there. And right. <laughs> and, you know, we're looking at um, Neptune at two Scorpio, you know. Yeah. And so. <laughs> His Jericho is, is um, trying um, his Nessus. So, Taurus, mm-hmm. um, wow. Oh, unbelievable. Wow. So yeah. you can go to somebody else. Yeah. Like, like. Um, and, and, in the news. And, and just to be clear, we have not looked deeply at these charts with the um, um, centaurs, but I'm sure the right thing will jump out of us. So we're going to look at Vladimir Putin. Um, and he's uh, his chart data is very unreliable, by the way. So we can, I don't think we can look at houses at all. So um, I think we just look at the signs, right? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you can. Um, I think it really works, okay. this one. All right. Well, I've seen several astrologers say that. So let's look at everything. Yeah. And I think the message is right, even if... Um, it's the chart that's being used for him all the time. So, yeah. So let's look at that. He has Shariklo in Sagittarius in the second house, but because some people are only going to listen on audio, so I'll describe that. Conjunct mm-hmm. Mars, the god of war. <laughs> Interestingly, so I'll let you talk. About and 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 he is trying. You know, it's in Sagittarius. Uh, it's in the second house. Um, it's he's acquiring. 
I mean, I really felt that one of the things that's going on in Russia that, again, people aren't speaking about is that there's a huge issue with sinkholes, massive sinkholes that are pulling forests in and methane gas is coming up and the Russian economy hasn't been good. So it's in the second house. It's like he wants to transform the country Mm -hmm. to acquire something that's a little bit more stable resources also a stable resource uh area and a place for we're going to start having emigration oh, oh because of climate well um so you know it's interesting that you point that out and shariglo trying his pluto in leo also from what i've read um a lot about him recently of course with all this um, he's more religious than um, a lot of people. People assume because he was KGB that he's communist, but he's very connected to the Russian Orthodox Church. And we're also going to look at the the um, quickly look at the chart of Alexander Dugin, who's described as Putin's brain, <laughs> who actually wrote a book in 1997 when um, Sher- was discovered. I've seen and I've said it myself that he is on a religious crusade. He is here to, he wants ultimately to bring back the Russian Empire, not the Soviet Union, not communism, Russian Empire. And and Sagittarius has a very religious crusade, kind, especially conjunct Mars. That's like... <laughs> you know, it's incredible, really, you're right. And an outer sign, you know, it's close to Chiron and, and Capricorn. And it's in trying to Sedna. He thinks it's his spiritual destiny. His spiritual, his Sedna is exactly trying to um, his his Shariklo. And it's forming a grand trying to please yes, Pluto is. right at the top of his chart, a fire grand trying. He's fired up. He thinks he's re bring like the Phoenix bringing back the Russian Empire. Yep, he thinks that. And I, you know, when I looked at the eclipse charts and I looked at him having he has sun saturn neptune and mercury in libra in the 12th house yeah mm-hmm. um i was talking about the fact that he has some secret enemies oh oh he does and when the um 10 degree taurus solar eclipse occurs it's going to be in his 7th house opposing his venus so um i was saying that he's there are people around him that are going to want him out and i read just recently that somebody was asking him to resign and they were looking to replace him and one of the oligarchs has a a bounty on his yes a bounty on his head that would be the open enemy (laughs) right and interestingly on november the 8th of this year the lunar total eclipse is on his nessus nessus right that's as a jupiter nessus in taurus oh my goodness and and the seventh in the seventh house which is open enemies so oh i think he's doomed well, it's he has a lot of other eclipse energies coming, but um, Shariklo uh, again is like you know, uh, it's hard. It, it's something that he's allowing himself to be, you know, identifying. Yeah. And you know, he went through the Pluto passage over that, and he probably got more involved. Yes. You know. Probably. So. Um, 
And I will say that transiting Eris, who has been, Eris is the goddess of discord, who's been aiding in a lot of the discord that we have going on in the, the world at the moment, so, is, is at 24 um, Aries right now on his Sedna and trying his Caraglo. So, you know, she, she, her actions, she didn't cause it personally, but her actions led to the Trojan War. So, yes, um, talking of perfect storms. People can be talked into doing things that aren't in their best interests. Yes, exactly. And, you know, this is looking at him archetypally. I really think he believes he's kind of meant to kind of rule an empire, Pluto at the top of his chart. You know, evolutionary Pluto conjunct the South Node is reliving. Yes, it is. A former life. And he thinks he's, I've, I've read other people say that he kind of feels he's Vladimir the Great. Yeah. Vladimir the Great. Yeah. Right. The re- reincarnation kind of of Vladimir. And of course we know somebody who had an ascendant Mars very close to this. <laughs> oh yes. Um, um, and that would be uh, Donald Trump who, who is it would be. who was very favoured by um, Putin. So, you know, no matter, you know, the Pluto conjunct the South Node, perhaps he is the reincarnation of Vladimir the Great, you know? I mean, you know, it happens. If you believe in it, it happens. So I'd love to quickly look at, I mentioned um, Putin's brain, Alexander Mm -hmm. Dugin, that should say. So I apologize. It's not Gugin. I've typed it. I will um, change that later. But um, so it's Alexander a-L-E-K-S-A-N-D-R, Dugin, D-U-G-I-N. If anybody wants to look him up, he's on Facebook and he posts publicly. <laughs> but he wrote this book in 1997, the, the discovery year of, um, of Sherry Clo, and it's called The Foundations of Geopolitics. Apparently the book is, is used to train all the military in Russia, um, Dugin has been called Putin's brain, and um, and he was supposed to have um, formulated the takeover of the annexation of Crimea. He, he's very uh, influential. It, it appears in in um, in Russia. So look at that Aquarius. His Sheriklo is in Aquarius, <laughs> Junction Jupiter, and, and both conjunct Pholus and um, yeah Jupiter in the 11th house which um, kind of is causes really he, he has this big cause you know he wants to take down Babylon he's called us the west um, you know he, he wants to take down the west so basically he's open about it in all his writings um, of course, it, all that Aquarius stuff is being activated now. His Saturn is at zero Aquarius, which is the degree of the um, Jupiter-Saturn conjunction of December 21st, 2020. Also, the Mars, uh, we had a Saturn-Mars conjunction at zero Aquarius. We also had a Venus-Mars conjunction at zero Aquarius. His chart has just been activated, but all of his his Sheriklo is being activated now too, and Folus there taking the lid off it. But it's also in a big T square. I'll let you look at that. And talk 
It, well, the T-square it forms is fascinating because it's Neptune and Scorpio in resources of others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that I can, you know, make the mine. Yeah. <laughs> resources yeah. of others. Um, opposing series and, and, and also Vesta. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because to me, the goddess of grains in the sign of Taurus would be powerful. Oh, she, I think she's also. powerful, but she's also about resources, going back to mm-hmm. what you said about Russia's resources as well. So And land and, and Taurus. And, and, of course, all the eclipses are coming up to those as well. It's going to be activated. Absolutely. So we can, um, you know, buy the ticket and take a look (laughs) April 30th. Well, you know, I think, you know, the eclipse energies are already being felt, right? Yeah, I think so. And six months later, it can still. Yeah. and, And some of them, you know, depending how strong they are, last longer than six months, really, you know, like the, the total eclipse of 2017 has been playing. Yeah, remained. Made a, it was a fixed sign. I guess the fixed signs last. Yes, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it also is going to trine his, his Pluto mm. in um, Virgo and up to, you know, his Venus. Yeah. So what, what uh, will happen with that? We'll see. And he was born close to, we, we have no time of birth. So I hasten to add, this is, oh, this okay. is I, actually, we should not have looked at the houses. So we can ignore okay. that. Um, but, okay. uh, but looking just, just at, look all his Capricorn. He has sun, moon, um, Mercury, um, Hygieia, Venus and Mars all in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So all his Capricorn's energy has been activated over the last couple of years, him really kind of stepping into this authoritarian thing. His Venus is on the exact degree where Venus stationed direct at the end of January, and she became Morning Star, <laughs> which is the more warrior Venus, and that's all in semi-sextile to this um, Sharon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His chart, uh, you know, I couldn't believe it. I, I should have remembered it wasn't a timed chart. But I still think all the well because it's in the signs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it still works. It still you know, works. Neptune and Scorpio it still works. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was born on um, a little bit earlier, on a new moon, and it's conjunct the uh, Venus star point, the last mm. star point in, in Capricorn. So he's kind of stepping into what he sees as his destiny too. <laughs> Pluto is trying currently trying his Aries. Um, no, sorry, square his Aries. Um, his Aries Sedna. His Sedna in Aries is at twenty-seven degrees in the sign of the warrior. And Aries, and Aries is there too. So him and Putin really have this feel of. They both feel like they're stepping into their destiny. I feel, you know, mm. and and Sherry Clow, you know, I think um, I think she is a beautiful energy, but you know, I, I think like with all energies, uh, people can act right. depending on their level of consciousness. Yeah, 
they they may feel it's their kind of destiny and their story to write it's from their perspective <laughs> right well he's you know he believes you know in transforming you know the collective yes yeah and he believes that he is jupiterianly doing it so one last quick chart because I know everybody's probably interested in all of this is uh, Zelensky. Yes. He's become everybody's hero. <laughs> and and this is a timed chart. Um, um, you know, people believe that, you know, he was born at this time. So um, I took it from um Astro Data Bank, I think. So anyway, so look at, tell me what you see about his chart. Well, it, it, do you want me to mention Shariklo yeah. being, you know, um, in his house of groups and he's a leader, uh -huh. transforms into a leader. In area, um, so a leader, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it trines his moon in leo so his he was an actor a comedian and um dancer and, and all of this so his his um talent uh has helped him you know shariklo has used that i guess and it sort of forms a nice also grand trine to neptune mm -hmm. in sagittarius and so he is of that group that can have very spiritual principles yeah. and perspectives. And I guess that's what he's being noted for. Yeah. You know, he was offered a chance to leave. Yes, he was. And he was but he stayed with his country and he's not giving up. And that's, you know, pretty outstanding and shows that Shariklo is definitely keeping him in the in the world's eye as a, as a leader, you know, positive leader of his, oh, his group. I, I don't know if you would call it a conjunction to Eris, but he's, I, I, I probably would. Yeah, really. <laughs> so he's, he's definitely shaking the cage. Eris has the positive quality of shaking a cage when it needs to transform. And she's with Shariklo on it. And his heiress is square to the U.S. sun. Hmm. But one another thing that jumps out at me though is mm -hmm. Sun Venus conjunction. Where Shariklo is now? He, yeah, um, in at five degrees of Aquarius, which mm -hmm. is where Shariklo is now, where Jupiter and Neptune uh, were in her discovery chart. Mm -hmm. Let's put her discovery chart there said Ceres was there the great mother and you know mm. a lot of a lot of eastern european um energies around the mother um you know it's um what was her name Bahinya, the great mother goddess of um ukraine is is okay. the statue that the the ukraines have oh yeah and she's a very series like figure yes and his series um because these these myths, these series, Demeter, Bahinya, they all kind of run through all cultures. They have different names. Right. Right, on, right on his Venus Sun conjunction, mm -hmm. Uranus in the Discovery chart, Jupiter right on it. 
he is the man for this moment too, not just in his natal chart, but he's he's bringing Charlotte to us, I think, in some way. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, and I just noticed for the first time, <laughs> <laughs> even though I did his chart for the eclipses. Well, we noticed something new. Every the day. opposite of Putin, he has Pluto conjunct the North Node in oh, Libra. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is karmic material. So he is destined to be, this is a very important life for him to evolve into the, the one who actually peace brings peace. He's, he's working very hard. He said, you know, I'll, I'll agree not to aggress on you, Mm -hmm. but I'm not giving you anything. He keeps asking for, and he, and he talks. Called, he called Biden to be the leader for peace didn't he? in his talk to the to U.S. Congress. He said, "I call on you, Biden, to be the leader for peace." I think that was his almost exact. Uh huh. Right, and his and the ruler of the North Node is the Venus in Aquarius conjunct the Sun in Aquarius, which is in the land of foreign experiences. So. Being, uh, again, as you say, the one who is going to uphold the independence yes. as the value. It, it's quite yes. the, the connections. I, I really think there's a big ancestral karmic story playing out between the East, the West, and Ukraine in the middle. You yeah. know? And that's why this war is affecting everybody so much. It's not... Yes. It's not that we care more because they're white or what, uh, you know, I think it's triggering. It's the archetype. It's triggering, yeah, all these memories we've got yeah. stored in our collective psyche. And that again, there's so many things we could say about this. Um, yeah. There was an eclipse um, to go back to those eclipses. And I remember it well because I w- should have been in Chile to watch it. But oh. it, was, it was at 20 and, and the pandemic cancelled all that. But it was on my birthday, December the 14th, 2020. So again, why I remember it at 23 Sagittarius on his descendant. So all this has been coming. <laughs> yes, it's been coming, as you say, and it's been instigated behind the scenes. Yeah. But I know I said that was the last chart, but we do also. But... <laughs> We do also have the chart of the Ukraine. Oh yes, I've seen that too. Mm-hmm. Quick look at that, and and um, there she is. Six degrees mm-hmm. of um, Cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in lovely trying to series of in six degree of Scorpio. Um, you know, I think the the healing potential. She's in the fifth house of. Leo, which is kind of the ruler, the king. Mm-hmm. I kind of think she's giving the. I think the. I um. Well, we're eternal optimistics, aren't we, um, Shelley? Because we're Sagittarius. We have to be. <laughs> I really do think the the astrology is showing us that there is an opportunity for peace here, and Chariclow is her her opposition point. That she is, she is going to go back and forth over it a little bit. By the way, very interesting is um, on the ascendant of yes. Ukraine, and she was discovered on the descendant of Ukraine. Yes, you know, it's just 
she is so in play with all of this. So, um, and that means in all of our lives, really. So would you like to say anything more about the Ukraine chart? Um, well, as I just, I use this chart for the eclipses also. I mean, this at least is getting a trine from the April 30th, uh, 10 degrees Taurus. It's going to trine Uranus. Uranus is trining in Taurus, their uh, Ukrainian 10 degrees Capricorn. Uranus. So, uh, as you said, and that's the ruler of the ascendant in the 11th house. So, as you said, I see that as a way of seeing that there's a, a positive potential right now. Kind of a breakthrough to yeah. do yeah. things differently, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, there's that. Are there any of the other eclipses major? And, and you see also, um, oh, any of the other eclipses, did you ask? Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, the, the ten yes. one is widely square, the ascendant, descendant, of course. So. Well, the one, um, okay, so the, it, lunar eclipses, we have 25 degrees Scorpio in May, and you'll see that that one is going to be a T-square to the Jupiter, Mercury, Venus. Which is all in Leo, um, in the seventh house of right so well but it's also the challenge right of relationship it's more it's it's less the outer world change and more the relationship energy so there may be a lot of discussions going on and the issue of the moon being in scorpio well i I kind of see open enemies in this case as being yes because the enemies revealed themselves and now it's time to talk right and that's where there's a lot of you know like that's where you see it also is when they are trying to come to some agreements or other yeah and um so because it's it's third house to ninth house for the eclipse you know, so the, the the conversations and this and that, which is also kind of, it's intercepted there. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, and then there's um, two degrees in October, the solar eclipse, as you, I think, are pointing out. Um, that can be, you know, in terms of the Saturn, the one degree, uh, Aquarius, Saturn. Yes. And that one can be, um, you know, a square. So, and that one is the two degrees Scorpio. So it's ninth house, it's conjunct series. Yeah. And squaring Saturn. So, and um, Chiron. oh, yeah, there's Chiron. Right. Oh, my goodness. Right. And um, it, but it's, you know, trying Shriklo at least. Yeah. But, you know, we do have, you know, is it going to work? Um, you know, but there's also the potential for that to be looking at the rebuilding this total yeah. need for you know unbelievable experience here, people who've been displaced and issues of food and sovereignty. That's just but then uh the last eclipse we have is 16 Taurus, um, November 8th, and that is going to do that's the lunar. And, and Taurus, and that is going to affect the Pluto uh-huh. directly. Opposing the sun. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, again, it's going to be relationships again. Um, and and with, 
in yes yeah in the third house it's uh, right. wow yeah right. and and yeah and that's trying to um 16 taurus will be trying to the neptune in you know, capricorn um, right and juno which is very hopeful i think yeah yeah so you know it it just seems to me i felt hopeful yeah i do i feel very hopeful and even with his energy um meaning the president of ukraine I felt more hopeful looking at his Putin is getting like a lot of slam dunks. And that is what is already starting to show itself. I think. I do notice that the, uh, I, I, I'm saying the Ukraine chart, but I'm, I know it's just Ukraine, but I'm saying it's the chart either way. Yes. So I know it's the Ukraine was what uh, US right. called it. Right. But in the chart for Ukraine, Saturn is at one degree Aquarius, so it's on that hot spot as well. So that we yeah, that that's in uh, Dugin's chart and um, has been highlighted over and over again. Yeah, just wow. And Saturn is on their moon uh, right now. So, so you know things are showing the challenge right now. But I agree with mm-hmm. Shelley. It, it kind of looks more hopeful coming up as the kind of year moves on <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> thankfully it's quickly doesn't it <laughs> yes yeah so just wow Shelley this has um, been an amazing conversation I think people are you know going to take so much of it thank you for joining me where well thank you for having me where can people find more um about you and your work and um well, um, I have a website, which is my name, yeah. which is S H E L L I E E N T E E N dot com. And I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. And I, I do daily forecasts on an Astral Essence Facebook page. It's a long story. And I also do a weekly astrology podcast through my website right now. Um, Shelly is not technologically advanced. <laughs> I could learn a lot from my friend Louise. About, <laughs> really? Um, and the know. book as well. Don't forget to look out for the book. We don't have an exact date yet for publication, I believe. No. He said, we're hoping this summer yeah so yeah i called i am too <laughs> i'm on the email list i'm like okay send it to me in fact maybe i'll email him and say i'll do a review if you send me an early copy <laughs> well you're I, going to have you have me you're going to have melanie you know maybe you, you can interview david leskowitz who's yeah. he that i refer to oh yeah i'm probably going to try and interview all the um he'll do very deep centaur talk with you okay i don't know him but if you could put me in touch with him i will i'd love to talk to everybody just to promote the book for a start and to promote these centaurs because i think they're playing such an important part in um, our collective evolution they are really online now (laughs) oh goodness me (laughs) So thank you for 
everybody for watching and don't forget to get the book check out Shelley's website and her podcast and her, her daily reports as well she's uh, become a really good astrological friend we've never yeah. met in person yet this is the first time we've talked other than in messenger but right. I think it's probably gonna uh, lead to many more discussions to be I hope so please that would be great thank you bye for now everybody